This podcast is sponsored by the Music Player Network at musicplayer.com, the premier musician resource for keyboard players and beyond. Since the year 2000, the Music Player Network has been the go-to source for news and views on music technology, playing tips, and gigging help. The Keyboard Corner is one of the longest-running keyboard forums in Internet history, with guitar, bass, drum, and numerous recording and music tech forums also on offer. Frequented by weekend warriors, manufacturers' representatives, and professionals alike, MPN provides an invaluable resource for any musician, and it's 100% free to sign up and use. Go to www.musicplayer.com to see for yourself. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Keyboard Chronicles, a podcast for keyboard players at a gigging variety. Um, I'm your host, David Holloway, and it's great as always to be here and you again, Paul, as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Thank you, David. So what we're about to hear and see is part two of our interview with Ruben Bautiera, keyboard player with Weird Al Yankovic and much, much more. as you, if you've listened to part one, uh, will have heard um, Ruben has some wonderful, wonderful insights and a whole range of stuff. And we didn't want to waste any of the insights. So we've split this across two parts. So this is part two and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. Well, on that subject of your successful career and extreme professionalism, which is coming back as a real theme of of this discussion, we're really interested in what are lessons, thoughts, things that you would pass on to other keyboard players? What what are some things that you've learned that would be, you know, your your top tips for, for other keyboard players wanting to have a good career as well? Uh... Well, granted that they're going to have the talent and they're going to have the, you know, the expertise or whatever to be considered for the gig. But the Mm -hmm. thing is is that uh, um, the professional part about it is you have to be prepared, you know, and you have to be, you, you know, just you have to be the most prepared, always come in more prepared than anybody else. You know, those actors that, that like supposedly they not only know their lines they know everybody else's lines mm-hmm. like perfectly, you know, you gotta be there, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and then you've got to, uh, in, in a, in a uh, situation like mine, you've, uh, because it is a show, um, you gotta look like you're having a great time mm-hmm. and you have to smile, you know, and, and, and you just have to be, you just have to be, you have to be honestly show you the, your, your honest gratitude, feelings of gratitude that you're actually there getting to do stuff. People used to say, you look like you're having such a great time, just on my gigs, even in my, my gigs, oh, you're, you know, and I was here going, and they go, man, every solo that you do is such a, like, what, how do you? And I go, because I just consider, I consider every solo my last. I really do. I consider every gig my last. And people go, eh, okay, whatever, you know. And guess what? It's been two years of this stupid crap, <laughs> right? Yep. And, th- and thank God that I've got money put away. You know that I made that I that I had a good career, made good investments. But I think about all my other friends mm. who are, you know, they're just the journeymen or who are just doing, you know, just local gigs, and that's all they did, and that's all they had. They didn't have big touring gigs. It's like, how are they able to take care of themselves? Mm. You know, besides that, but the thing is, is that they haven't been able to to play. You know, it's like. Yeah, consider it like your last gig because you never know. Yeah. And now a, a good friend of, of mine and David Matthews, um, uh, 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 a fellow named uh, Nate Ginsberg, uh, was one of the top keyboardists in the San Francisco Bay Area. Played with Herbie, played with a bunch of a bunch of other people. Really good. 
and and he and Dave Matthews were good friends. They were they were in the same same league. Um, he just died unexpectedly, like mm-hmm. uh, four nights ago. You know, wow. and it's like I'm just thinking of this guy and going, that poor guy. He's just like sitting there, waiting for all this to clear up, and for the next gig, and he doesn't get to do the next. There will be no next gig. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm being dramatic about it, but the thing is, play every gig like it's your last. Show the gratitude. Show show your happiness for even being there. People want to see that. Approach approach the gigs in that way. Be totally prepared to have all your homework done, you know. And that's what Al taught me, because I thought that I could just get by by you know just by my musicality, yeah. but and, you know, well, one of my stories was, uh, one, one of my stories was that uh, first rehearsal, playing something, I add, I think it was eat it. It's basically A minor down to F, triads, right? Just straight triads down to F. I played the A minor. And then I just, in the voicing, when we went to F, I kept the A minor, I, which would then be the major seventh of F. Yep. I kept it in the voicing. They weren't used to that. The guys in the band go, oh, okay, cool, yeah, like that. Al, at the end of the song, you know, Al goes, then I'm going, yes, you know, waiting for him to say, that was very cool. He goes, bar 62 the and E of three, was that an E four in the middle of that voicing? And I'm like, kid, you know, he not only heard it, he knows what the note was and what beat it was on. And I go, why, yes, it was. And he goes, why? (laughs) And I'm like, because it sounded cool. And he goes, it's not on the record. Don't play it again. That's how good Al is. And so the thing is, is that I learned, you know, what to do, what to be prepared for. Don't do too much. You know, don't ask too many questions. I've got a friend. I know, I know people who, played with great artists and then they were gone and then um, and they were great players and i'm going what happened what's his name and go uh yeah he started opening his mouth too much he started asking too many questions there's just questions there would be questions that i would want to ask that when i thought about it later it was like it was actually more of an ego thing where i felt i go you know what I think I was actually trying to impress the boss by showing him that I knew what was going on completely. You know, it's just, uh, there's questions you don't need to ask. You just keep your mouth shut. So I'm, I'm trying to tell you the, the, like the, the, the things that I think work in a professional situation that will help you keep it. Kid, well, that was the question. Yeah, wasn't it? that certainly was. Yeah, great, great insights. And I think that last self insight about ego versus legitimate questions is a brilliant one in particular. That's, that's really superb. Um, Ruben, and, and just because I know you've played with so many people, but we also quite regularly ask, is there a bucket list of people you would still like to work with going forward that you haven't already? I still want to work with, I still would like to be able to, uh, I've played with uh, Carlos. I, I see the end of the runway there. And it's like, I don't, I don't mean to be brash. I don't mean to be harsh. But the thing is, is that I'm very glad that my, my friend, I think I, I was told that uh, Carlos actually told Dave Matthews, this, this is your gig for as long as you want it. So, cool. so the thing is, is that who, would, I mean, with the uh, the professional level that they're at, uh, the legendary status, you know, uh, the credibility, who would not want to keep that gig, mm. you know? So he's basically there. He's and I, I don't see him leaving. But I would I would like 
I would have liked to play play with that gig or on that gig. Uh, I would have liked to play with Tower, you know. Uh, but you know what? When I think about it, then the thing is, is that I would be actually. I've seen other organists, other keyboard players come in, and it's almost like Chester is held as the standard or the bar, right? And it's like we want you to play. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Here is a crazy story. <laughs> you might have to edit this out, but just the way the Chester was being held up as 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 the bar, um, Bruce Conti was asked back to Tower after years and years, and they actually made him audition. Mm. I said, "Wait a minute, it's Bruce. It's like." <laughs> It's like, it's like, you know, John Bonham leaving Zeppelin or something. And then it's like, well, uh, you want to come back? Okay. Well, you're going to have to audition, John. And it's like, Bonzo, what? Give me a break. So they asked Bruce to audition. And then when he played the solo to What is Hip or something, they said, could you sound more like the original, like the original guy? It's like, that was me. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You know, so so along those lines, it's like I'm thinking that anybody going into Tower was really under the gun to, you know, have that thing hovering over him where he had to measure up to to to, tip, to Chester Thompson. You know, do, do you know what I, I'm saying? Yeah, so in yeah, other yeah. words, I wouldn't have really been able to play like me. It's like I would have been having to try to play more yeah. like him and the other thing is is oh on squib cakes you know or whenever chester here here is a thing that uh that i heard from bruce because i asked him many questions but he said that uh part of uh the agreement to come into the band uh because chester didn't really want to tour with tower but bruce really wanted him to he took he took garibaldi down to see chester at this thing uh, at, uh, playing at a club and they both approached him and said, would you please like it? And he goes, well, I don't want to tour anymore. Anyway, so once he did agree, he goes, yes, but under one stipulation, when I have a solo, I kick pedals. I don't know if you, you guys are, you guys know that, right? I mean, Squid Cakes, uh, What is Hip, any of those, any of those tunes, uh, Rocco drops out and Chester plays pedals. Well, they started asking all the other keyboardists to do the same thing. And so it's like, eh, mm. I would like to play or would have liked to play with Tower, but not under those, you know, not under those conditions. Nah. So next question. No, that's a good, it's a good, uh, again, great, great story. Um, so our next question is, uh, we ask every guest, this is about train wrecks. Now we usually ask a guest to provide one, uh, time on stage that things have gone really wrong for them but I'm actually hoping you could provide two because I, I've seen a, a previous one you've told oh, you've about. You've seen all my performance. just look at my performances they're all <laughs> yeah I think you need to take much. your pick no but the, the one I want you to I want you to do two but the first one um, I, I want you to talk about involves George the synth wrangling ghost from Philadelphia if you, if that rings a bell to you Oh, well, that's not a train wreck. I no, mean, it's a ghost story, a little, but I love that it. That was a little aside, but but uh, yeah, I found it interesting because I I had uh, I had appeared on the local uh, creature features. You know, everybody, ha every place has their local like horror movie Saturday night show, right? So this was a local thing out of uh, out of up here in Northern California. And um and so he said, you got any, any ghost stories or this and that? And I go, well, there's a weird thing that really did happen. Um, and, and it would happen every time we played this place. And it was a little place out of uh, right next to Philadelphia, a little suburb of Philadelphia. I forget what it was called, Glenside, whatever. And um, all I know is that do the show and I suddenly look at the LCD, the display, and the program had changed from 100 to minus 4,003 with all sorts of gibberish. And I'm going, what? You know, and, and, and uh, I go, well, 
how okay, I can understand that the program got changed or something, but to minus four thousand and three because there's no minus. There was no minus input. There's on the keyboard on the you know on the computer part of the keyboard, the typewriter part. There's no minus. There was no way that you could add that. I'm going, and it kept happening again and again every time we played there. And I go, this is weird. And so when we're in catering, and I recognize the people that are doing the catering, and they they're there all the time. And I go, you know. Is this place haunted? And they said, "Oh yeah, his name is George. He lives he lives up there." And there was a little door up there or something. And they go, "No, he's a real thing." And he and they go, "Does he does he screw with like the, oh yeah he he screws with with the keyboardists and 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 this and that and screws up their stuff." And 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 I'm like going, "I I knew it, yeah, I knew it." So so before the gig, before the show. I take a moment. I go, George. Listen, um, I'm happy with you hanging. I really did. I talked to him. I said, I, I'm happy with you hanging out and jamming with the band. But please, do me a favor. Don't don't mess with the keyboards. You you can even play a note or this or that, whatever you want. But don't mess with the programs because then it really screws it up, and it's not fun. It's not fun. And and no problems after that. There you go. Love it. It's true. But I wouldn't call that a train no, wreck. No, it's not. That's uh, true. A train wreck would be like uh when uh um well a sad train wreck was when uh Bermuda passed out on the one of the last songs when we were doing fat. Do you know the show? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were doing fat and and Bermuda just kind of like he leaned over and passed out. <laughs> and 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 what did I do? I jump back into action. I go to the drum program. You know, I find a drum program and I start going <clears throat> and right and and we and the song keeps going. You know, uh, there's stuff like that or the time that Al came back from uh, for the encore. You know, it's like that that that. Good night. Lights go out. Boom, people going nuts. And then Al runs back. It was we would still be on the stage. He would run back, and the lights go up, and this and that. So all I know is that he runs back, and I feel something. And there, there's this giant explosion, a giant crash, and uh, there's a note going. It wouldn't stop. And the lights come up. He had completely run into my entire keyboard setup and took it completely out. They're on the floor. Kurzweil's like in a million pieces, you know, and it, and it, it's just like, and, and it's just going, and you see the band, they're all, they're all hovering around. They're all like in a circle going like, <laughs> you know, around all these millions of pieces, pieces of keyboards and stuff like that that he had completely destroyed and and he was like urkel afterwards he's like oh did i do that i'm sorry no i don't even think he said i'm sorry he just like did i do that and he just walked away (laughs) so many times crazy stuff like that um or when i'm starting the saga begins and it's just like you know a long long time ago in a galaxy far away and suddenly the plug on my keyboard falls out of the socket. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's just me and Al. And Al is such a pro. He doesn't do anything like, he doesn't go, oh, well, we need to start again. So sorry. He doesn't do that. He just, he just keeps going. He just keeps going. So I'm here like, you know, and, and the tour manager is going, you idiots, you know, to the stage people. His keyboard came to go plug it in. Oh, okay. And they, they go over and replug it in. That's about the worst thing that, that's happened, you know. Oh, besides, of course, it's it's so nice that they they don't put the transpose button near the keys anymore, right? 
because somehow I had to do an intro on something. I do the intro. Everybody comes in with their acapella vocals and their, you know, the muscle memory. It ain't happened. And they're going, uh, 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 because I had hit the transpose button oh. and completely screwed up the show. That was in... Uh, that was in New York at the uh, at the, 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 the the place in Harlem. Um, Apollo. The Apollo, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And we're all we're all happy that we're doing. It. And and what happens? I I, I hit the transpose, but I'm in a completely different key. They come in, they're like, and it's all. Argh. That time we had to stop. <laughs> that's that's the worst thing. Is that's the worst thing about uh, when it comes to train wrecks or anything. You know, but, you know, uh, if it's just a regular show, we're not even thinking about the songs. As I've told you before, it's just muscle. It's, it's like tying your shoe. You're not even thinking about it. You're going, I wonder, I wonder what's for after show. I wonder if they're bringing us pizza. You know, <laughs> that's about, well, when you play all these shows, I mean, look, we're going to be, we're going to be on for six months straight. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing six months straight. There's no breaks, you know. So I'm going to be. I'm going to be. And then we've got Emo Phillips on the bus with us. You know who Emo is? The name rings a bell, Ruben. But tell he's, us, he's a comedian. He's oh, a comedian. yeah, yeah. He's the guy that talks like this. He goes, "Well, I was walking down the street one day." And the dog came over. I don't know. Does that ring a bell? Yes, it's that, do guy. that. I'm, I'm stuck on a bus for six months. Ruben, does he talk like that all the time, or is that a stage persona? No, it's him. You know, he's actually darker <laughs> when he gets on stage. He's like, I don't know. Life is so terrible. I could kill myself. Maybe <laughs> I will. It's like, it's like, when are you going to bed, Emo? It's like, oh, I don't sleep very well, so I'm just going to stay up all night on the bus, every night, and just talk to you. you know? But yeah, six six months is hard work, Ruben. I mean, most, most of our listeners probably don't realize you're only 28 years old, and look at you. This, that's what Turing's done to you. I know. That's, that's my joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it is. I've used that before. I'm only 23. Look, look what it's done. <laughs> Look, I can't believe it. I still have my hair. Um, so, but um, so now you guys are you are you gigging in? Uh, are you are you gigging uh, or what, what's going on it, over there? It's fair to say it's on and off. And Paul is more the the touring gigging musician um, than me. But it's yeah, on and off, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very tricky for us, obviously, with what's been happening with uh, with COVID the last couple of years. So we're you think you can get a run in and then you have to cancel shows because different state governments change their border rules and these sorts of things. So it's a, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm sure that's the case. That's the case everywhere. I, I believe you're, um, you're gearing up right now for a tour though. So that's exciting. Well, that's, a, that's the thing. I, I uh, actually started working on, uh, I started working, I went down to LA to, uh, I'm living above San Francisco. Uh, it, I'm in a little town called uh, Petaluma, and it's it's basically where George Lucas filmed uh, American Graffiti. Remember, remember yeah, American Graffiti? Absolutely. Remember the part where uh, where where Richard Dreyfus they, they he's trying to hang out with this this gang these guys and they they have him like put a chain and put a chain on the on the police uh, the police car's uh, rear axle. You remember that part? And, and then they they drive by and go, "Hey, you stupid cops!" And the cops go, "Oh yeah!" And they come and they tear the whole thing up. That's like that's like right down here. I, I live like right, right next door. That's so. I live I live here. And uh, why did I bring that up? It's because touring. I'm getting ready to do the tour. Mm. And why did I bring up Petaluma? Oh, because I went down to LA to get my stuff, brought it back. So all the songs that I have to do, let's see if I can find the programs and everything. I found them. I tweaked them in the K-8. And I said, let me do this now. So that was like September. 
getting ready to do the rehearsals in March. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to give myself enough time. So if anything weird happens, I'll have enough time. Got it all together. And then Kurtzwell said, would you please do the 2700? So I said, okay. And then I went in and saw that all the stuff transferred very easily. And uh, samples, this and that. Oh, the, it's very cool that I can load samples in um, a lot faster. It used to take it used to take five minutes to put one meg of a sample mm. into the Kurzweil. I was like, come on! But anyway, so I I, I tweaked all that and I've got it all ready. I'm going to start uh, concentrating seriously on the uh, on the uh, on the show. I think about mid February, where it's basically going to be all day and all night, just you know running through the show over and over and over again. I really want to get it to the place. We're not doing 60 songs. We've got 30 songs this time. Um, I, I understand what he wants to do, but at the same time, it would be just so cool to have 15 songs that, you know, you just know them backwards and forwards. I'm not having to read anything. It's just there. You know, and I, I believe that the band would sound so much tighter, but it's a challenge, you know. So I'm just going to run through the show to to get it, uh, make sure that it's perfect. And then um, then we're going to leave in uh, late April. And as you guys were talking about the COVID, it's like. I was skeptical. It's like, well, I mean, look, look at the reality. It's like we're on a bus. You know, it's the band on a bus, right? Mm. Um, Al lives on the bus. He, he believes that if I'm paying for the bus and I've got a stateroom in the back, why do I need to pay for a hotel room, right? So just stay. So he stays on the bus. So he's living on the bus, going to the bathroom on the bus, using the bathroom on the bus. People come in, you know, the band member. We touch, we're in a different place all the time. We're touching something, yeah, right? Yeah. We get back on the band bus, got to go to the bathroom, you know, grab the handle to the door, go to the bathroom, come back. Al comes back, grabs the door handle. How long is that going to last before somebody gets, brings something on the bus, you know? So six months, it'll be crazy, but I, I've been skeptical. I don't know how long it's really going to last. What would you guys think? It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. I think. I, I think. I mean, uh, the reality. Think of it. Right. I mean, I mean, did you tend to on the bus anyway? Like, even in normal times, whether it's gastroenteritis or flu or cold or whatever, like that stuff must go around in a bus environment. Yeah, yeah it, it does. And 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 it's not like we're a bunch of thirty-year-olds. No. You know, yeah. we're all in our sixties. You know, Steve or at least Jason at least at least you have a tour to look forward to, which is a really positive thing, uh, and you know, great for you, all the all the fans too. So that's that's exciting. And I'm being I'm I'm sorry. I'm you know I, I was just being realistic with with oh with well, I'm uh, you know to talking from the professional point. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. I can talk I can talk from the uh, the entertainment professional part about it and say yeah. yes, I'm looking forward to this very much. I yeah. do actually like playing Al's original tunes more than I like playing the parody. Yes. I mean, let's let's be perfectly serious as grown adults and professionals. It's like, do you really want to be having to study the latest song by Billie Eilish, you know, (laughs) or Cardi B? I don't listen to that stuff. What do you guys listen to? No, I I think- I know know you listen to Russell Crowe because he's the greatest He's the greatest musician to come out of Australia. I respect that. Yeah, he's, an, he's an amazing musician and he's also a New Zealander, but uh, your point is taken. Oh, sorry. No question. <laughs> New Zealand, um, look, Australia. Your, point, your point's well made about the uh, the risk management side of it, and uh, it, it is, and, you know, I know not that we're anywhere near the scale of you, but we've got COVID management plans up the wazoo, and, you, and you know, we sort of went on our 
our current thing and we say, well, we just know we're not going to get all these shows away. We just know it's something's going to pull it up at some point. But um, but it's still great to have the, the shows to look forward to. And I think that's... Yeah, so, yeah, that's as, uh, was. yeah no and Ruben, you also make a good point about originals versus parodies. And I just want to throw in there that... Um, I think that's another under-recognised aspect of, of what you do with Weird Al and Weird Al does himself. And that's things like my favourite song of all of all, all of that is <coughs> Albuquerque. It's an absolute piece of genius. Must be a nightmare to play, particularly for the drummer, for 11 minutes. But no, no, the guitarist. guitarist, the guitarist. yeah. Because yeah. he's going yeah, yeah, yeah. do this. And he said, I can't do this. Yeah. And, and, and we're getting to the point where it's just like, well, I'm, I'm too old to do this. And the other thing is, is that, look, um, Al made his 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 genre, his niche, whatever, doing the parody stuff. But as time has gone on, it's like the man is not 20 years old trying to impress his junior high school friends anymore with silly songs. He's actually doing stuff that has more. It's just there's more adult in it. Yeah, and I used yeah. to push him. I used to push him and say, dude, it doesn't have to be about gummy bears and spam. You can talk about adult things. And he's like, you know, you would never tell him that. But then he heard it and started going that way. So that's why I do like playing the original stuff, because he is a good writer. There was some good stuff. He's allowed me not to keep it in the 1980s sound with all those stupid synths. Do you guys do you guys realize how what kind of hell I had to go through to be able to recreate those songs oh, from the 80s i could imagine the, the car, guitar is just guitar drums you're just hitting stuff bass is boom boom it's a, but the keyboards it had to be that special sound mm. and the reason al well anyway the, the reason al is so great is because i mean because everything is done so right and so perfect so i couldn't get away with just some sort of sound that kind of sounded like the original, it had to be exactly. And then I go, how did they make those sounds? And it's like, well, you could call up the guy who who recorded it 40 years ago. And I did that. There was a person named Pat Regan. And I phoned him up and I said, uh, blah, 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 you know, whatever song. And he, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And I go, what keyboards did you use for that? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> and what am I supposed to do? And don't forget that it's like, it's like, it's not just one keyboard. They had keyboards midi together, keyboards that, that are obsolete that nobody makes anymore. You know, the Korg Poly 600 or something or whatever. And, and uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And then they made a special, they spent a special program on that. And then mediate to another keyboard that doesn't exist. And how you know what kind of hell I have, I've had to go through to, and and with that, and everybody going, you know, everybody coming in, they all sound great. And then and then Al's going, Ruben, that's not quite right. You know, you need to get that right. And I'm like, how? What do I do? <laughs> you know, you know what I you know what I used to try to do is actually talk to Melodyne. You know, Melodyne. Right. And I was asking him, the people that go in and, and, and get rid of the, the noise on a recording and that you can actually lasso, you know, you can actually grab the noise, you know, it shows up visually. Right. And you can grab it and then you can delete it out of the out of, out of the uh, out of the track. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, then I was asking him, is there a way that I could actually take that and just grab um, the specific sound of that keyboard track and grab that, take it out, and then sample that sound and then put it into the keyboard and play it that way. You know, these are the things that yeah. have been, you know, oh. that's where my brain is at when it comes to the Al stuff. It's not about improvisatory it's not about linear music. It's about how can't I make this sound? You know, they they said that's a good idea. We're well, we can't get there yet. So Let's see what happens. See what happens. Technology is always always evolving. So one one never knows where where it'll go. But uh, 
yeah, those eighties sounds. I think the other the other challenge too is the fact that the, those eighties songs were so keyboard heavy. You can't afford not to yep. get the sounds right. That's that's the issue. They dominated it so much. Ruben, we we have a couple more questions for you, uh, if you don't mind. And the first one is a question we ask all our, our guests, and that is, who is a, a keyboard player that you think would be a, a great guest for this show? Who's someone that maybe you would love to see oh. us interview to learn a bit more about them and, and their views? Well, there's, I'm, I'm sure you've talked to Jordan already. No, not yet, but it's Haven't on yet. the list, yeah. The only thing that I can say about the, all those other guys, they're, they're all very, very talented, but uh, I don't... <laughs> You're not going to be able to edit them out as much as you're going to be editing me. Because <laughs> you obviously see that I have no problem with just going on and on and on. But I do try to make it entertaining, at least. Or, you know, I'm, I am trying to provide knowledge. You know? I, I can tell you now, right right now, Ruben, that there's, not, there's going to be very little editing. This is going to be a long interview, oh, wow. and rightfully so. Well, nobody's going to watch this now. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking two episodes, Ruben, because honestly... And not being sure. nice, it's been fascinating yeah. and it is entertaining and you've got some cool stories and we do like to learn from our guests. So, yeah, don't, don't worry about that. That's not a problem. But, well, uh, I hope yeah. I haven't geeked you out. I haven't talked too much nerd geek talk, you know, when it comes to the, you know, I'm just trying to bring a little of it in, but just to show you the reality of the music, of the keyboard chair on yeah. this thing, because like I said, um, what we're proud of is that we can sound like everybody else, but they can't sound like us. Yeah. You know, because it's like we can sound like Aerosmith and then we can sound like Howard Jones, but Howard Jones can't come in and sound like Aerosmith and Aerosmith can't sound like Howard Jones, but we can. And so that's, that's why, and, and part of it is the keyboard chair. So I've been, um, you know, with the 80 sound and that was very tough, but I've been very lucky in the past couple of years where it's mostly been about, um, mostly been about guitar and then any synth stuff, actually, you know, who's really good? Jim Kimo West because he did a lot of the programming for the Lady Gaga stuff. Mm -hmm. And I and I can tell you a little story uh, about Jim Kima West and how good he is. When, when, when Ted Turner bought all the movies, all the old classic movies, um, what they did uh, they, for, for a period, they decided to take the movies, have a duplicate you know, of the movie, and wipe the sound and replace it and put it into a different language. You know, I should have said just that they just wanted to, you know, have it in a foreign language. And But the thing is, the tracks back in those days, it was only one track of sound. So if you wiped out the dialogue, you wiped out the music. So they were looking for people that would recreate or, add, or bring in new music for these old movies, Casablanca, this, the sun also rises, crap like that, Hemingway. Um, so, and, and uh, so, the, so the thing is, is that people submitted their stuff. It was all nice and well, but you know what Jim did? He went in with his Ensonic sampler. He recreated the exact part of the movie. I mean, the exact music, exactly. He, he recreated it to the note, to the sound, to everything. And they said, oh, well, we've got to use this because he's completely recreated it. He did it with an Ansonic sampler. And that's why that was part of his training to be able to get to the point where he's able to do all the Lady Gaga stuff and do all that. And then basically he'll, he'll show me the, uh, the programs that he was using for, you know, to get these sounds. Then I recreate them on my, my thing and, and we go from there. But that's how good. That's how good those guys are. Yeah, it is, it's amazing. It's amazing technical and creative skill. Um, no, great, great point. So, um, if you had to pick then on one keyboard player, Ruben, that you would say, right, I want to hear this guy's story, this this woman's story, younger, older player. Are you talking about tech, uh, people that uh, with with uh, 
uh, electronics, or are you oh, talking just, about just who you'd be player? Just, yeah, just who you'd be interested in hearing, and even and we quite often throw in dead or alive. Well, I'm. Are you going to have a little trouble having an interview with uh, a dead guy? There's nothing we can't do. We'll bring a Ouija board. We'll be fine. No problem at all. <laughs> Careful with those things. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Had to go there. What's his? What's the name of his band? Thirty Grunt or something. Thirty on foot of Grunt. That's Thirty right. on foot of Grunt. Yeah. Yep. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm scratching my head too. I don't know. There's a young cat named uh, Emmett Cohen that I've heard of and that I've, I've, I've followed some of his stuff. Um, you know, it's like I I just don't know. I, I'd like to hear from some of these guys, but I don't know how interested or how good of an interview some of these people are. I think Chester Thompson is is mm. still great. I think Tom Coster. Um, and these are part of some of the people that would be on the uh, the list of albums for my um, what was it the yeah, desert, desert islands Island. yeah you know those those things um, um, let's see let's see let's see uh, I mean I'm happy Ruben with Emmett Cohen and those suggestions <laughs> you, you've nailed it more than some guests do uh, you know I mean there's other people that I've I, I you know that are great but I, I don't I think there's so many interviews with them that they don't need yeah. any more. You know, yeah. like Yuja Wang, right? You know, uh, you know, you know who she is. Yeah. And uh, but she, she's man. You, you, no, 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 no. I, I got to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but I, I guess I'll say I, I don't need to hear her talk about how she loves shopping for clothes anymore. You know, <laughs> I would like to hear more in depth stuff. Um, Let's see. Who you, you surprised me with that? One. No, that's okay. But you've segued nicely to the Desert Island Disc. Do you want to move on to that? Because we do need to wrap soon. So, um, yeah. what what are the five albums? I, I did give you a heads up on that one. So, but it is a challenge. All right. I, I put some thought into it, and uh, I thought about my favorite uh, keyboardists. And so when I think of Chick, um, I, I guess I'd have to say Light as a Feather would be, would be one. Um, I think of, uh, I think of something by, uh, uh, by Richter, the great, uh, the, the, the great Russian pianist. I'm, I'm, um, Thinking maybe pictures at an exhibition by Richter. Um, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the entire uh, Moscow performance by Horowitz when he went back. Um, I'm thinking of uh, maybe maybe Led Zeppelin one. Um, just just for that genre and you know and that it was it was the beginning of that genre it was done so well mm. um, um, I'm thinking of maybe maybe Santana Abraxas mm -hmm. just for that for, for you know and, and because of the meaning that that has I had another one I was thinking a tower but 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 Tower, like Tower uh, number three, Tower Power number three. Um, but I don't think there's enough strong songs on that um, to go there. But uh, so I'm thinking of, of a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything. Oh, oh you know what? You know, oh, oh, okay. Can I go back to a, a, a person who you might want to talk to? Oh, yeah. A lovely young lady named Rachel Flowers. Oh, yes. yes, we'd love to yep. speak with okay. her. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I met up with her. I introduced myself to her and and um, had her come to a concert. And uh, I had her sitting with me at the NAMM show. And uh, and I showed Al. I said, hey, check this out. And she's like 14 mm. and she's doing Tarkas, mm. you know, Emerson like a Palmer. And she's doing it. And then she actually... Um, he came and visited her 
and 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 she had the modular Moog, yeah. and she played Tarkas, the complete thing, and uh, well, you know, on the Moog, and then of course she she can play it on on acoustic. And at the NAM show, I actually, I she said, "This is something you want me to play," and I said, "Would you do me a favor? Would you play Tarkas?" And she goes how much of it you know <laughs> because she can do the whole thing as you've heard she can go 30 minutes you know note for note i showed al that he's going oh my god she's spot on she's got everything down and then of course you've seen her play with dweezil and do the zappa meet zappa thing mm. and so and then um after she finished with with uh, doing a bunch of the zappa stuff and of course, she had the entire. She could play the entire catalog of the of ELP. She could play not only the keyboards. She could play the bass. You know, I'm not sure about the drums, but I'm sure if she tried. But <laughs> then I saw that she started going after all the Mahavishnu stuff. Wow. Yeah, she's insane. She'd be. Girl. She'd be a great guest, actually. She'd yeah, be great love that guest. suggestion. She. She'd be very fun. There's other keyboardists that I um, that I would uh, think might be interesting, but uh, now I'll, I'll spare you guys from their ego. <laughs> yeah, well, so we, ha we have a, we have a long proud history on the show, um, and Paul and I quite often joke behind the scenes. We we yet to have a bastard on the show, so it sounds like we we. we oh no, no, I can hook, I can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. I'm isn't it isn't it me? No, not at all. No, of are, aren't I the most obnoxious guest no, yet? Not at all. No, no way. We haven't had any obnoxious guests. Everyone's been great to talk to. Very generous with their time. As well, who's as your you favorite? So, who's your favorite so far? Oh, it's like asking you to pick your favorite child. It is mm -hmm. a bit, and and it, and that's just not oh, fair. That's give, not, that's give me your top. Give me your your favorite three. Just favorite, just personal. All right, favorite. so yeah, um, for me, for me to be Steve Picaro, um, oh, prob right. probably Andrew Farris from In Excess, being the Aussie, okay. mm -hmm. and um, I and I, I'm not just being diplomatic, uh, Ruben, but you'd be probably in the top five to three as well. Oh, thanks, Paul. Thank you. And, um, I so I I really actually loved David K Matthews because yes. he was really oh, yeah. really um, yes. so, so much spoke from the heart he and he, he was very uh, emotionally upfront and that made for a really compelling interview I thought mm -hmm. he was he was great um, I, I really enjoyed um, <laughs> one of the ones I didn't get to do that I really enjoyed listening to that that David did uh, was with the um, uh the young lady out of um oh. oh veronica lewis veronica lewis yeah that was a that was she was great she was a great great guest she's a blues player um very young and she's uh she was really good too so they, they were probably two of my my favorites but uh no word of a lie they've all been great fun yeah, they've have, all been great yeah. fun ruben and now and now you've gone to the top you're like number one. Oh, just stop uh have you have you considered uh marcia ball as uh, I think she's a blues pianist out of Texas. I'll, I'll look into that as well. These are all very valued suggestions. Oh, you, you know who? You know who? Otmaro Ruiz. Okay. Otmaro Ruiz. Okay. He's uh, basically he's an alien. Nice. That's the best way to describe <laughs> him because he's that he's that yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I I would not go see him because I would get depressed because yeah, yeah. he was so good. I just want to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Take me now. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, there's other old casts like Tom Coster and Chester, but I don't, I don't know if they'd be, you know, uh, up for it. That's the but, thing. Uh, yeah. But you know me, I'm Mr. Gabby, so so I'm here, and there's 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 tons of stories. I was happy to tell you about the, you know, the Al story with his parents, how professional, you know, uh, yeah. he is. Uh, the cool little things like when they took us dog sledding and did stuff like that. Um, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, uh, stuff that I don't want to remember. Um, <laughs> like when uh, Al decided to do Like a Surgeon, the Madonna way with the cone bras. <laughs> nice. And he asked Jim Kimo West to 
uh, wear the bra. And he did it a couple of times and everybody felt sorry for him because he was just so like, he looked so terrible and so sad and pitiful. And, and so Al, and so he goes, Al, I, I can't do this anymore. And so Al goes, well, then who's going to do it, Ruben? <laughs> and for a couple of years, I had to do the thing and I made it into a, a crazy show that just stopped the show and was just like, oh, it was, it was too crazy. Those kind of things I don't want to remember. That, that, but that, that's I have I mean. been humbled by Al. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. But look, I think whether the, the things you want to forget or remember, Ruben, what you've shown is it's been a, a, an amazing career with Al, but an amazing career much, much more broadly. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time. And one, two or four episodes, it's all absolute gold. And we can't, again, thank you so much. If ever there was an interview like David K. Matthews, it was worth being two parts, Paul, it was this. Yeah, no question. And as you said at the end of the first interview that we did david it would have been a shame to to cut it short so rue ben was so generous with his thoughts and his ideas and he really put some some time and energy into giving us what we wanted in terms of the questions we asked so you know can't can't thank him enough for that and we really hope that uh, all you listeners and viewers out there enjoyed it as much as we did Absolutely. So, yeah, really appreciate Ruben's time. Um, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll definitely be back in a fortnight or so. But just a reminder that we love to hear from you and you can keep in touch via a few means. So our website is www.keyboardchronicles.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at Keyboard Chronicles and on Twitter at the Keyboard CHR1. And if you like good old-fashioned email, then please do drop us a line at editor at keyboardchronicles.com. As we've mentioned a few times, if you'd like to become an official supporter, we do have a Patreon account where for the price of a coffee or an iPad app a month, you can help us go from strength to strength. And that's what's helped us move into the video sphere with the podcast. And we really appreciate the support of our Patreon supporters to date. So the link for that is patreon.com forward slash keyboard chronicles. And again, Paul, huge thanks for joining me this episode. Couldn't do it without you, sir. Well, you probably could, but thanks for being so kind and for inviting me. Uh, As always, what fun. And uh, most importantly, again, thanks to all of you out there for listening and we'll see you back here next episode.